jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Hey everyone welcome to episode 163 Dynasty underdog I'm your host Ryan Dawkins trying to be night Billy Beeman what's up man not much technical difficulties and all. We're still here. We're rolling. It's no problem. It's no problem. Yeah, yeah. If I sound a little funny <laughs> tonight, because uh, <clears throat> I had to use my phone to do this, so <laughs> uh, we must we must go on. The show must go on. So here we are. Listen, it's it's 2023, bro. You should be able to use your phone to make a full length feature film. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it just uh, the microphone definitely is not nearly as nice as what I have. So we'll see, but. Eh, you sound all right. You sound all right. No worries. We'll get through it. All right. Well, let's hop into it. Let's get through the bad news first. Two weeks in a row. This is terrible. Saquon Barkley uh, reports are it could be a couple weeks. We're not really sure. It looked pretty bad because he couldn't even put any weight on it, but he's going to be out for a little while. I mean, this is this is probably the the, <laughs> the best of the yeah. bunch here that we're going to talk about, to be honest with you, in terms of, of length of time missed. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it looked pretty bad. It, it could have been a torn ACL, so he probably got out of there lucky the way he was bent back. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if we're lucky here, he misses three or four weeks, and, and you just be happy with that based on some of the other stuff we're going to talk about here. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think that – just talking about, like, ads, like, or I don't think Breda is going to be the answer there. So for those who are wondering, I don't, I don't think that really matters. Oh, yeah, next one's way worse. Uh, Nick Chubb. Completely, his leg looked like a noodle after it got bent back. It looked so bad. And this sucks for us, like, playing Dynasty. It sucks for Cleveland fans, but mostly, like, football fans. This is pretty bad because I believe probably 98% of you like watching Nick Chubb just run the ball. Like, he's fun to watch. He's a good dude. And so this is this is, uh, this is sad. This is very sad. You got to feel for Nick Chubb. Hate losing one of the best in the game. But yeah, that that's how <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, for our purposes, there's some interesting stuff happening behind uh, Nick Chubb in terms of Jerome Ford. He put together a pretty good performance after Nick Chubb went out, scored a touchdown. Uh, you know, I'll talk a little bit about some you know advanced metrics with him. But we're also getting word that Kareem Hunt's visiting, which is not a surprise at all. I put that out on Twitter like immediately. I was like. Is there any chance, like, Kareem Hunt just – they they give him a call like, hey, you know the system. Just come over here and help out at the very least. I still think Jerome Ford is yeah. is leading the backfield here, but obviously he's not going to do it alone, and Pierre Strong is, is not, you know, a capable enough rusher, I, I don't think, to kind of rely on him and Jerome Ford alone. Yeah. Uh, Ford did look uh, decent out there. Yeah, in, in terms of – uh, yards after contact per attempt. Jerome Ford is only second to Christian McCaffrey, and that's with uh, 21 oh. 
And that's with a, a limit of 21 uh, minimum rush attempts. So right behind Christian McCaffrey is Jerome Ford. Then surprisingly, James Cook. Then there was Nick Chubb, Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Joe Mixon, Raheem Mostert, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift. So, uh, you know, definitely good company there for sure. But some guys that stick out for sure are Jerome Ford, James Cook, and Tyler Algier. But Jerome Ford, who is being slotted right into a starting role here, seems like he might be able to get the job done. And then in terms of uh, missed tackles uh, forced, I believe he's somewhere up there around 12, tied for 12th, it looks like. So, yeah, the, the guy can play some football. Right, uh, next one's a little concerning. We actually talked about last week, the way he was protecting his body, but Anthony Bridgerton looked pretty good, was putting together a pretty good game again, uh, which I like to see. You know, I had my doubts about him, but, you know, so far I have nothing negative to say other than he needs to protect his body. So he was out pretty much most of the game with a concussion. That's twice now he's had to leave the game uh, because he uh, isn't protecting his body the best he, he probably should right now. And I think that is concerning. That's something he's going to have to learn uh, to do and learn it pretty quickly. Otherwise, he's not going to last very long in the league. He's going to be out of here like Cam. It's concerning. Uh, they got a pretty good backup there. He reminds me a lot of Tua in the way that he doesn't know how to protect his body when he when he falls. Tua of of uh, the past, right? Because we see Tua now you know, talking about all like, what is it, the jujitsu and all, all the other stuff that that yeah. he's doing um it might not be jujitsu it might be something else but all, all the stuff that he's doing to kind of learn how to fall roll not slam his head i mean a, the the anthony richardson injury was him falling onto his back and his head snapping back and hitting the ground it wasn't actually a player hitting him yeah uh, necessarily yep. in the head so yeah I, I agree with you i mean it's just one of those things he's gonna have to learn uh, i'm sure they're talking to him about it uh, you know every second all the time so yeah, he's a rookie, man, but he looks really good. Like, I would much rather have him than Justin Fields. I've been trying to find a way to move on from Fields to him. This may give you an avenue. It shouldn't, but it may give you an avenue to to acquiring him where you couldn't before just because he's injured and, and Fields isn't. That, you know, it's a concussion. Shouldn't really do that, but there it is. Next one, Brandon Ayuk left the game with an injury. He plays early this week, so there's a good chance he might miss a week. But other than that, it's not all that concerning. Just... Just note that he probably won't be available to you this week. Brandon Ayuk or Puka Nakua in a second? Oh, man. I'm still not ready to do all that for Puka. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably keep Ayuk. Okay. P- Puka in a first, get it there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, boy. It's it's a crazy time. We're going to talk about some more Puka stuff later on. Okay, David Montgomery with a hammy. It's our last injury here. Yep, with a hammy or like a bruised or something what they're calling it he says a few weeks his coach says your day-to-day bud so <laughs> we'll see who wins this battle but yeah david montgomery not gonna be available for you this week either and maybe not the next week so we'll see something to keep an eye on either way this is you know probably good for gibbs right you hope so right i mean i think that's what we have to watch going into week three like i it looked okay with i mean david montgomery went out late in this game and you kind of were able to see a little bit of of kind of what it was going to look like and not to be concerned or anything but i just saw way too much craig reynolds that you know than i wanted to see and, and i think we're going to see more of that going forward than we than we want to see that said gibbs was much more involved in terms of targets i think he was around like 12 percent target share i don't have it right up in front of me but 
uh, around seven targets. Now, if we can see that continue going forward, then we're we're all good. I think we'll be fine. But he's he's just so explosive. It's it's bothering me because I think in the first game we saw him get some carries, and almost every one of them was like you know five plus ten plus yards, and then they're just yes. like eh, maybe not. It's like I I don't quite understand that line of thinking. So I'm hoping that David Montgomery being out gives them some incentive to to push him into that role a little bit more. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, this is this is two weeks now, and we're talking about uh, highly drafted or at least cornerstone pieces at the running back position. You know, it's just one of those things about rostering as many of those uh, high-value backup running backs as you can at the, to fill out the bottom of your roster. We, we did a whole thing on that in the offseason where we looked at all the backup running backs all around the league. And uh, it's better to, to roster them before this happens than to try to go get them afterwards so yeah i mean we we've been talking a little bit about we've been talking about obviously with with the season coming up how much to spend fab on with all these running back injuries early on and and kind of you know blowing your wad and then what to do after that right kind of some of the advice was try to get ahead of it get ahead of any of these guys who could potentially you know fall into some of these roles like a justice hill or something like that right so real quick here i pulled up from mfl before we get into some more of the the recap from week two, I just want to talk a little bit about this. I pulled up uh, from MFL running backs rostered less than 10%, right? So it's across all leagues. And I, what I was trying to do here, obviously, some of us are in you know shallower leagues, I guess. Uh, I'm even in some shallower leagues. If you're in 10 team leagues, there's a lot more available. But I think it's a lot easier when there's a lot more available, right? I'm looking for the leagues where <laughs> it's like 30 to 35 roster spots and like you are scraping the waiver wire for those guys like yep. justice hill is like the, the last available right so i wanted to go really deep and go 10 percent or under ownership and talk about some of these guys that may stick out to us i highlighted a couple of them so i can touch on you know any of them do any of them stick out to you uh, before i get in i didn't want to have to mention this but you didn't give me access to the sheet oh no yeah, I didn't want to put you on blast, you know, on the pod, but <laughs> <laughs> wow, but he did it. He did it. It's okay. I had to. I had to. All right. You really left me no choice. This is what you get with the live show, fam. All right. But hey, I'm in. Sort of. Yep, I'm in. All right. AJ here with the gives them incentive. I love it. I love the pun. Well done. Yes. Gibbs them. Oh, that is good. You know our listeners. <laughs> so good. Dude, He's got to be a dad. They're great. No. Yeah, you <laughs> great. <laughs> Gotta hop in the Discord. They're so good. I gave your eye access to the sheet. We're talking about running backs who are rostered 10% or less in your dynasty league. Trying to pick out some guys here who potentially could leap into a role, you know, injury due to injury, essentially. That's really what it is. I mean, these are like the back end handcuffs. And I'm I'm trying to pull some something out of your eye here after I didn't give him any access. It's all good. Do any of these. Man, this is really this is bottom of the barrel, but that's okay. Specific reason here. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's because they're not good. No. <laughs> Kenny McIntosh, Seattle. I know they like him there. He, they like him a lot on special teams. He was had a pretty good offseason, pretty good uh, mm-hmm. camp. I I listened to the other players and stuff because I live in Seattle. And they do talk about Kenny McIntosh and how he was in school with quite a few of the other guys who were drafted recently. So he's a guy that I know that the team likes. He's actually on a team, and the players like him too. So I think Kenny McIntosh is one of those guys that, like, hey, you never know, just in case. He's pretty down 
low in the pecking order when it comes to Chabernet and, and Penny and all, or not Penny, but Walker. But he is a guy that like come week six, he might be one of these, you know, 30% fab type uh, uh, guys you got to go out and try to get. Daryl Henderson's kind of interesting only because he's kind of been making the rounds and it seems like teams are a little bit interested. And also Mike Boone. Mike Boone has actually got some work in Houston. Uh, more work than probably we would want him to get. And then obviously you mentioned Craig Reynolds just because we did get to see him get a little bit of work there uh, after Montgomery was gone. What do you see? I mean, dude, Mike Boone being a high-priority waiver ad in 2023 would be absolutely hilarious. Like, throw me right <laughs> back to 2020. It it's, would be weird. This this is like a yearly – it's a yearly event for Mike Boone. It really is. Uh, but I but I do like that shout because, you know, Devin Singletary goes down or more importantly, we've I think we saw kind of Pierce get banged up this past weekend. I think he's okay, but I think we saw him get banged up. If that happens, you're going to see a lot more Mike Boone, obviously, because they're not just going to run – Devin Singletary, they see him, you know, in a more spe- in a more spe- uh, specific role. Excuse me. But from this list, there were some guys definitely that stood out to me, like Malik Davis. I think if Tony Pollard were to go down, they probably bring Malik Davis back. I-, I imagine he's on their practice squad right now, but I imagine they bring him up and utilize him more than people expect. So I'm looking for guys like that. Maybe a Ty Montgomery who might still be out there. He, yeah. You know, Zeke hasn't looked good. Zeke has not looked good. He really he just hasn't. He's been absurdly inefficient. And both in the passing game and uh, and the running game, so I think they probably want to get Ty Montgomery a little more involved while he's healthy, however long that lasts. I like <laughs> Keaton Mitchell. I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of surprised Keaton Mitchell's still on the waivers uh, and still like four percent owned. Baltimore running back who is on IR, but look, they <laughs> Gus Edwards can go down at any time. You know, Justin Hill, Justin Hill goes down at any time, and then we're going to see a lot more Keaton Mitchell. I don't love him, but he's a really, really explosive athlete. So Craig Reynolds still out there. Obviously, he's going to be a waiver wire ad this weekend. One more that popped up that's probably going to start getting added for sure. But I don't know if everybody heard about it. Zonovan Knight, I think he took oh, yeah. it with the Browns potentially, and I think he signed with the Browns. I think that's what happened. So uh, I can look that up. I know I heard it, but um. Yeah, those are the kind of guys I'm looking for who could be thrust into a position like right now. Two weeks ago, you didn't think Justice Hill was going to be a waiver wire ad. Right now, you don't think no. any of these guys are going to be waiver wire ads, and that's the kind of that's the kind of player that I think we need to look at to get ahead of you know not being able to spend the fab we don't have anymore on. If that makes sense. No, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, that's a good topic too because sorry, Bam Knight went to the Lions, which oh, is okay. actually more more interesting to be honest. But it's good because we talk about both of us kind of have the same philosophy when it comes to spending the fab early on. And if we did that last week, we might be a little loose. Uh, our wallets might be a little empty right now and might be able to miss out on getting a, a drone board. But we never did really talk about, like, what do you do once your fab is spent? And this is exactly what you need to do is go out there and try to – you probably have at least one roster spot somewhere. Go and try to add one of these guys. I know a lot of people do that, um, like Sunday night games or Monday night games. They have, like, a, a spot open. And they just drop a guy and pick up the backup running back just in case the starter does get hurt. So this is kind of like that, but just a little more proactive. And I think this is the best way to go about it once you're a little broke. So, yeah, this is what we're going to do, uh, I think, weekly, just because it's good. We'll uh, recap, basically, of everything that went down that stood out to us. So we like to call it, what did we learn and what stood out? And so this is the second week. I, I What stood out to me is, you know, Jordan Love's doing pretty good. Um Another three touchdown game. He's protecting the ball. Like he's not 
he's not like making these throws or these plays where you're just like, oh my God, Jordan Love's like amazing. But like he's he's one of the top, you know, uh, 20 quarterbacks in the league, if you ask me, just as being able to run that offense and do what he's doing. His teammate, Jaden Reed, is balling out too. Maybe it's because Christian Washington. Christian Watson was hurt or whatever and didn't get to play. But uh, Jaden Reed has like a 25% target share. That's, I'll, I, you know, I'll take that all day. And that's not even a dude I really like. Like, uh, I didn't like him in the model. I didn't really like his metrics. Not a lot about him did I really enjoy. But when you look at a 25% target share from a rookie, you got you to gotta notice it. And, and I've been noticing it. And he's maintaining a 2.24 yards per route run, which yeah. is for... For the rookies, he's top six above Jordan Addison. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's balling right now and kind of quietly too, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah, there's not like – there is no like Jaden Reed hype train. You know what I mean? But like he, he kind of has earned a small hype train if you ask me. Yeah, that's fair. So on the Jordan Reed note, I mean, first of all, I, I, don't, I must have closed out of the other one I just had here. But okay, so I was looking at, uh, I was looking at Jordan Reed and kind of the advanced metrics because, like, he doesn't look that good to me when I watch him. Like, I know the stats at the end of the day look good, and he's throwing touchdowns. So oh, that, uh, know, Jordan Love. That, sorry, Jordan, I said Jordan Reed. Yeah, know. that's yeah, okay. Jordan Love, thank you. That's what I. That's what you're here for. Uh, yes. Help me out. Help me out. We'll get there. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, Jordan Love. I was I was looking at some of the advanced metrics on him, uh, a couple different ones, but one of them was expected completion percentage right because his completion percentage has been absolute dog shit like let's be clear about that it has been and he and justin fields are the two by far lowest in expected uh completion percentage differential like they're like negative like 10 or or below in, in terms of that metric and that's like far and away worse than anybody else i don't think i don't think there's many near the double digits like they are so from that respect not great, but even if you don't think completion percentage matters that much in terms of EPA per play, right? And this is the an ESPN stat total expected points added with lower leverage plays. Where was he? He was low. Got to find him now. 13th. Okay, so he's, da- he's down pretty low. I don't know if it's as good as the stats are showing. I think he might be playing a little above his abilities right now um, in terms of what he's putting up on the uh, you know, on the scoreboard. That's just me from what I see in, in just some of the peripheral numbers. Um, there's definitely more here I could get into um, in terms of the passing grades from uh, PFF, but I, I know not everybody really believes in PFF too much, but he's, uh, he's pretty low in terms of their passing grade uh, down in the 60s. Not good. Something to keep an eye on. Are we over Justin Fields? <laughs> We're getting there. We got to be getting there, right? Like it's... Yeah. I do want to say, last year was kind of the same thing. He started off like, I don't know, first five weeks or something like that and wasn't looking great. And then all of a sudden they let him run a little bit and do little things. And I'm I'm not over him yet. I'm going to I'm gonna give him some time. Hopefully the coaching staff, I think it's probably one of the worst like organizations in the whole entire league. I mean, we, we know that. Hopefully they figure out the best way to use him like they did last year. And we'll see. I'm still going to wait and see. Probably a level-headed approach to it for sure. I, you know, I've been kind of ready to move on from Fields. I moved on from Fields last year at pretty low prices, which look pretty damn good now because you couldn't get those deals done today. But 
yeah, it's it's more than just him. Like, I think that he's probably at the very least a middle of the road quarterback, but the coaching and the scheme is just so terrible. We saw, you know, them run the same play, the same screen play, backed up to their own end zone three times in a row from the same formation. Yeah, what are we, yeah, we doing? Did. Like that's that's terrible. You're putting you you yeah you're not putting them in any any position to to succeed. So it, it goes beyond Fields really. It's just hard to trust the organization and Fields. Um, I mean, I was just looking at uh, JJ Zacharyson put out 2023 target share by position and compared to 2022 in terms of the differential, right? Positive or negative, uh, you know. So we're looking at Chicago here. The wide receiver position, forty-three percent target share to the wide receiver position. That is the second lowest, the second lowest in the league, only behind Arizona, and just above Atlanta, who's at thirty-nine percent. Of course, which is a whole another issue. But we look at the differential from last year: negative sixteen percent. So they reduced their target share to the wide receiver position negative sixteen percent after signing DJ Moore. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? That doesn't make sense. So I can't trust this organization. I want out of fields. I, I'm, I would probably add like at the very, I mean, borderline, I'm ready to add a first to him and go get AR, but definitely add a second and see if you can go get Anthony Richardson and, and start there. Like that, I want to find a way to get out of him and onto something that has a lot longer of a lifespan. That's fair. All right, Baker. Baker Mayfield seems comfortable. This guy looks like he's playing with, uh, instead of trying to keep a job, just like maybe he realizes like what his role is going to be going forward in the NFL. He's not lighting it up at all. You were talking about uh, pro football focus grades, and they have him ranked as the third uh, quarterback in their positional grades. He's made old-ass Mike Evans look like young-ass Mike Evans. I don't know, man. Uh, if if you still somehow still have Baker, like you're not feeling too bad about that, and he just looks like he, like we talked about, like these are probably the two best wide receivers he's had to throw to, maybe one of the best organizations he's actually had to play for, and uh, he looks, like I said, comfortable. He looks comfortable. I mean, on the Mike Evans note, definitely seems like I may have sold a, a little too soon. Just, I mean, in terms of the production here, it seems like right now would be an opportune time to get out if you're not you know, locked in contender, right? Like he, he had a really big run the other day and he looked older. <laughs> like he, well, he, he, is. Looked, he looked like he was lumbering. I'm just saying like, you could easily see one of those and all of a sudden he pulls up and has a hamstring injury and he's on IR like Deontay Johnson. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, you know, I just, it's, I, I'm willing to admit I was wrong, sold a little early, whatever. I don't think I got out too low i think you know i got him for what was an equivalent at the very least of a second round pick in 2024 you could probably push for a late first but you know that's pushing and it's going to be a contender so it is going to be a late first but yeah I'm, i was i was definitely wrong on this this offense in general they look a lot better with with baker there than i thought they would rashad white had a good stat line this week still did not look good in my opinion no. uh, he got a lot of work yep <laughs> He got a lot of yeah. work. That's what watching I'm him was not. He doesn't look good. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, watching him hurt my eyes. I love it. Tutu Atwell, Puka Nakua. I mean, one week's a fluke, two weeks a thing. Like they're gonna be a thing until Cup is back. And once Cup is back, then we could talk about what the hell we think is gonna happen. Then they're both just falling out, and 
that's all we can really say about it. Like, they're they're both going to be a thing. Yes, the uh, Studley wide receiver duo of Tutu Atwell and Puka Nicole. Probably the two coolest names, though, in the NFL. You got to think about it. Definitely. Definitely yeah. solid names. I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, I think we're understating it a little bit, right? Like Puka Nakua had a historic start to his career. Yeah, historic. No wide receiver ever has done what he has done. Uh, you know, I, you know, there was a bunch of analysts I'm sure had it readied up, uh, but we were talking about it in the Discord, and I, I, I could see it coming. I was like, I don't think any receiver because I looked up the other week uh, what he did in game one, and there were so few players who did that. Anquan Bolden, I remember that game, and uh, and then to do it two weeks in a row, I was like, I don't think anybody's done this. And so, yeah, to, to put together two games with 10 plus targets and 100 plus yards, or sorry, 10 plus receptions and 100 plus yards is something no wide receiver has ever done before. Very impressive. Uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit later in the dynasty trade area about, you know, some, some trade value for him, what we're thinking about, you know, selling nothing, never sell him ever. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about price and and uh, what we should do. But I do think that he, I said this before, I think he is the locked in. Uh, wide receiver two for this team when Cooper Cup comes back. I think Tutu Atwell probably edges out Van Jefferson in terms of the field stretching role, the third wide receiver role, but they can effectively move Cooper Cup and Pukunukua around in the same spots that, you know, that each other play in. So they could just flip them around the entire game in different formations and have them run, you know, different routes. And it, it, it could be a pretty, pretty incredible offense. I think um, when it's all said and done, I mean, Matt Stafford looks really good. He's healthy. So, you know, Kyron Williams, they're getting rid of Akers. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a whole new show over there in, the, in in LA for the Rams. So I like what I see out of Puka. Yeah, me too. Next one is just something to touch on with Houston. Uh, Houston is largely seen as being a bad team, which, you know, they're not a good team. But we talk about how bad teams can still produce good fantasy players. And you're seeing that with Houston right now. They're playing at a pretty high pace. The rookie quarterback is doing fine, but he's making guys like Nico Collins and Robert Woods, you know, fantasy viable. So it's just something to keep an eye on, something to like think about going forward when your drafts. Like, yeah, you you want to draft players from the the, the quote unquote good offenses, but like, there's always going to be value with these guys that nobody wants because the team, the NFL team, is going to be bad. But for us playing fantasy, there's still going to be good fantasy players on bad NFL teams. So it's just something to kind of think about. Yeah, and and don't sleep on Tank Dell. Yep, there he is. Hey, and Tank Dell. Uh, yes. Yeah, don't don't forget Tank Dell. Yes, he had it's, I think six catches. He had a touchdown, but I think seven or eight, nine targets. Something he had a he had a pretty good day. Uh, he was getting a lot of opportunity there and. You know he's not he's not low on the yards per hour on this either one point five one top ten for the rookies here so it's looking good I like it want to say because that's my boy Sky Moore can play ball uh, he had a pretty good week this last week maybe you know having Kelsey back and taking some my cat is just going crazy. yo the cat's got something to say Jesus. about it bro yo the the cat said Sky Moore is my guy <laughs> yeah she knows she's probably hungry I just fed her but um. Yeah, Sky Moore. You know, uh, you know, it was nice to see him out there do that. Kadarius Tony actually caught a ball, believe it or not. Maybe having Kelsey out there helped, maybe open up some things for Sky Moore. But you know, he was out there and he he made a day of himself out there. 
got me like 18 points on my bench. I don't know. I'm I'm still a little concerned about Sky Moore. I'm not sure what what the hell that game was from from Jacksonville. I mean, I I think I need to see. You know, I'm not consistency isn't everything, but with a guy like Sky Moore, I kind of need to see it more consistently because I don't think that he's a big play, you know, every week kind of guy. So I, I just got to see it a little bit more with him. That is fair. Uh, Zach Moss, RB1, like sure as hell look like it this week. He comes in there um, after being on what IR or just out, no, just out last week, uh, week one. He comes back in and he plays 55 of 56 snaps, 18 of 18 running back carries. Absolute workhorse role there. I'm not a Zach Moss guy, but I'm starting him next week. Sure, sure. All I was thinking <laughs> the whole time was if Evan Hole was here. If only Evan Hole was here, I would love to see what he would do with some of this yes. opportunity. So it's it's a little frustrating from that perspective with with Hole and IR. But yeah, what are you gonna say about the uh, the volume king Zach Moss? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, what can you say about it? What can you say about it? Great waiver wire pickup. Sure, he was on a ton of waivers, and those those are the kind of guys you got to get ahead of and and see kind of the forest for the trees, right? Like these guys have potential some of them have potential they're there they're there it's like the justice hills like all that stuff we should have seen that coming and you got to kind of you know press yourself to, to find those opportunities and zach moss is is prime example of that all right kind of one of the last things that stood out to me and what i learned was uh the bills backfield it's a complete shit show i don't want anything to do with any of them well, that's not entirely true i think i'll still probably flex james cook uh from time to time but man when Latavius Murray's like snaking, you know, goal line carries and touchdowns and stuff like that, like you know, there's a problem in that that backfield room. What are your thoughts on the Bills' backfield? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm actually not surprised Latavius Murray is getting those touches. I, it's it's more concerning for Damian Harris than anybody. I mean, he ended up, I think, with a touchdown. He sure did. Thirty three yards, seven touches, thirty three yards. Like, yeah, that's gonna happen from time to time. But more often than not, it's probably not going to happen. And I would bet that Latavius Murray gets it and not him. Uh, that's just, I don't know, that just seems to kind of be how history goes with teams that acquire Latavius Murray. They use him on the goal line and they use him there effectively. Uh, the Bills can do that. James Cook's the back to have. It's a mess. I don't love it. But looking at those advanced metrics from PFF, looking at the yards after contact per attempt for James Cook, I mean... That's that's something I didn't quite expect to see, and in that offense, he can be kind of dangerous. So he's probably more valuable than we gave him credit for. I mean, it was funny coming in like the rookie evaluation process. I think we liked him more, at least I did, than consensus. But once yeah. he got into the league and he hit the Bills, it was the whole like Ceh effect, where it's like he's on the Bills. Obviously, he's the best running back ever, and it's like the the truth is somewhere in between. <laughs> the truth is somewhere in between for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah, a couple of things that stuck out to me. I mean, Josh Dobbs, like, kind of. I mean, is, I mean, is it the Giants are just that bad? He kind of looked legit the other day. I, I was talking a lot of shit about him. I'm not gonna lie. I was talking a lot of trash about how, like, I, this offense will look terrible with Josh Dobbs, but he was pretty effective, and all these pass catchers were fantasy viable. So, yeah. like, do you think we can trust this going forward, or do you think that was just like the Giants effect? Oh, uh, you could probably trust it going forward. Uh... I mean, I don't think he looked like great, but he's driving that bus a lot better than I thought. I mean, he's got a couple targets to my boy, uh, uh, Trey McBride, so I love him for that. If you know, like, say, sure, say Aaron Rodgers was like your uh, quarterback two, and you lost him week one, and you ended up with Josh Dobbs as the guy. Like, yeah, you can put him in your super flex, and I think he's gonna be 
fine. But I mean, long term, like Josh Dobbs isn't the the answer. Yeah, it's just more like I I guess like do you, I'm like thinking I guess I can start Marquise Brown maybe against like you know de- against defenses who aren't like top you know top half of the league like you could probably start some of these pass yeah. in those spots. I think we could feel more comfortable about that now. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to be possible. So that's just a takeaway watching that game. I was a little impressed by what they could, what not they, what Josh Dobbs could do. Bottom line, like the fact that he could even successfully run an offense, like I was pretty, pretty surprised by that. So good on him. I don't know if anybody caught the Monday night games or it was two of them, but I thought that with Deontay Johnson out, I was wondering kind of what the Pickens picket connection would look like. And, you know, you got to be kind of encouraged by it for me. 71 yard touchdown, not much. I mean, you got, I think he finished the game with 127 yards, right? So he added a decent bit to, to his, you know, big play, but this is more of an opportunity, I think, to get out again, giving you an opportunity to get out of him. Um, yeah, I'm shooting for the moon. I'm shooting for, you know, mid 2024 first, something like that. Plus package, you know, one of these other, you know, rookies plus a pick plus a second, something like that. If you can move over to uh, who's on this list, that's not getting all the love. I mean, I do wonder if Jaden Reed plus like a first or something, if you could manage something like that or plus a second or, you know, some decent package that would work. Something like that I would love to see if I can swing because um, I'm not the biggest believer long-term. And he's clearly being buoyed by Deontay Johnson being out. Yeah, of course. Also, Najee Harris, yikes. Ah, like geez. what yeah. the hell? Doesn't look good, man. He just doesn't look good. I don't. I know. I thought he was a good. I do think he's a good running back. I thought he's a good running back coming in, but uh, I didn't expect him to look so used already. Like, I mean, was that one year of like just ton of work really? take that toll on him is that the play calling is I have no idea what it is, but I'm glad I have zero Najee. Yeah. And I'm sad. I don't have any Jalen Warren. I, I hear that too, but I, I just, I wonder, I, I don't have any Najee. I just wonder if I had a Najee, like what, I mean, I just feel like at this point you just got to ride the ship. Like you, you just got to ride it, ride the sinking ship. And if, if, if by some miracle somebody comes and, and rescues you, you know, down the line, <laughs> you take that lifeboat, you take that, you know, you take it, skip, you, yeah. just, you jump as soon as possible when somebody, yeah, when somebody gives you an opportunity to get out. But right now it just seems like, it seems like better days have to be ahead at some point for him than what we're seeing right now. Oh, Lee. It's like the, it's like the, uh, what was the Russell Wilson thing? Like, it's gotta be better than this, right? We just could just wait. Yeah. It's gotta get better. It has to. <laughs> and it did, it did, it did. Uh, all right. What do we do with Raheem Mostert, right? Old guy. But he's putting up numbers. He just had an 18 carry, 121 yard, two touchdown day, monster fantasy day. Are we selling off this? Is it just like move no matter what? Or I don't know. What do we do? It's hard to sell guys like that. It, it depends on your roster, right? Say say you had um, uh, Saquon and Chubb and Montgomery and Dobbins, and now you don't have anybody. And you're not going anywhere and Mostert was on your roster. Maybe you could, you know, sell him off. If you're contending, this is a guy you could probably go out and get pretty cheap. But most people probably, only people probably looking to go ahead and acquire him are people who are 
firmly in that contention right now. If you are not, you are selling him today. He's old. He's old. He's going to get hurt probably. He doesn't have a lot of years left in him. It just is what it is. Like he's what, 30, 31? He's old. Uh, if you have him, like you're happy. You, if you have him and you're contending, you're just starting him every week. And it, that is what it is. Would you take a second round pick straight up if you weren't contending? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. I bought him last year for a third round pick on a team that I was, that I'm contending again with this year. And yeah, so I think that's great turnaround. If you could turn that into a second, if you're not contending any longer, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. You, you're not selling them for a second in June. Last June or the next one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no June. Ever. No, never. No never June at all. June. His Junes are behind him. <laughs> this is this is the time. You know? His value is between August. <laughs> That's it, man. No. Until he gets hurt or whatever. Yeah. August and December, maybe. Like, you're lucky. You're lucky. Uh, one thing I do want to point out from that game. You know, the, the Patriots were clearly trying not to lose, not trying to win, but not that that matters. Uh, I, like, the most disappointing part of the game for anybody should be Demario Douglas going in there, looking absolutely amazing, having Bradley Chubb, an elite defender, come behind, karate chop the ball out of his hands, and Belichick go, ah, rookie, sit on the bench the rest of the day. No, bro, no. Right now, Demario Douglas is sitting at eighth on the list of rookies in terms of yards per out run at 1.90 right behind Jordan Addison. Give this man more opportunity. We need to see him more. I, I expect to see him more on the field. We should have seen him a lot more in this Miami game, but they absolutely did him dirty. And uh, and I think we're going to see you know better days ahead for him. So keep an eye out for Demario Douglas, slot receiver for the uh, the Patriots, probably on a lot of your waiver wires. So you know just keep him in your in your thoughts and uh, and prayers and, and hope and that prayers. Belichick doesn't. Well, dude, Belichick could absolutely just nuke you an entire season because you fumbled the ball one time, you know? It's just like... You know, everybody always blamed that on Tom Brady. Yeah, I think both of them were like that. I think I think he adopted that <laughs> mindset from Belichick. I do. I think it was like, no mistakes. I don't make mistakes. No mistakes. Like, you don't make mistakes, you know? Get on the so, bench. Yeah. 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 No, it's 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 BS. It's it's not the way to teach players, in my opinion. I mean, they did this to, to Ramondre Stevenson his rookie year. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it helped him or not, but you know, Ramondre was the player he was before that fumble and he was a player, you know, he was after that fumble and that's Demario Douglas too. I think it only gives him more confidence getting him back in there. So that was disappointing to see. But like I said, um, high hopes for him. I think he, I think he's a good player. So keep an eye out. All right. Buy or sell Marvin Mims. We just saw Marvin Mims have an absolutely monster weekend, right? He had two catches, like a hundred plus yards and a touchdown from Russell Wilson. Finally, uh, it, you know, it came to fruition what we've been talking about, the Marvin Mims deep deep ball, the Marvin Mims big playability. Uh, what are you thinking with this, you know, big game? It was on a limited, uh, you know, limited target share, limited opportunity. Do you, do you think you just kind of try to sell off of this or do you want to hold and see if his, his role can increase? If you have him, hold him. It's hard to trust Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, given their injury history and all that there. This is what you want to see from a guy like Marvin Mims, right? If you have him, you draft him in your rookie draft. Like, this is kind of what you're hoping for, even though it's like limited route participation when he was out there. I mean, you saw what he did. I mean, he, he was out there and he, he scored you a lot of points on limited opportunity. If he gets even more, like, this is a good thing. Uh, if you have Marvin Mims, you, you want to keep him, unless you're like really tearing up uh, to, to a, a more top tier receiver, a little more established receiver. But if I have Mims, I'm just happy I have him. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And I think he also had 
a pretty big punt return in that game as well. If I'm not mistaken, I do think he did have a, a big special teams play as well. So guy's a playmaker. Um, I do tend to agree with Uriah talking about yards per outrun in terms of this rookie class, right? Okay, so we were talking about, you know, DeMario Douglas 1.9, Jordan Addison 1.99, Jaden Reed we talked about 2.24. Let's talk about the guy who leads all rookies in yards per outrun. 7.63 <laughs> yards oh, per outrun. Oh, no run. way. He edges out the next guy by four points, which is Jalen Hyatt at 3.07. He has the fewest routes run in the top 15, yeah. top 14 players on this list with 16 routes run. But still, you know, Rasheed Rice has 18 routes run, 2.72 yards per hour run. I, I don't care. Marvin Mims is balling. Yes. I think, yeah, I think you're just happy, happy you have him. And you just hope that the amount of routes that he does run increases. So that seven point whatever is going to come down. But I mean... That's pretty insane after two weeks for a rookie, so we don't see that a lot. Yep. Okay, so what do we think about Brian Robinson for the Washington Commanders, their running back? We've seen some interesting usage out of him. People are, I think, getting a little excited about what they're seeing. We saw 19 carries game one for 59, no touchdowns. He ended up catching one of two receptions in a touchdown, which really saved his fantasy day. And then we saw in game two, 18 for 87 and two touchdowns. Had a pretty big game there, obviously, with those two touchdowns, so... Are you like a believer? Are you a buyer? Are you a seller? You know, just off the initial, my initial reaction was like, just sell off, sell off of this immediately. But some people seem to be excited and intrigued. What do you think? Yeah, uh, put me with the excited and intrigued crowd. Just because I think, I think the team likes him. He was drafted by the, they were drafted. He was drafted by the current you know regime there. Antonio Gibson was not, uh, which we've talked about ever since he was forever. Seems like, but he's still around. Brian Robinson it would be interesting to see what it would cost to get him. Like, can you take one of these injured running backs and get a Brian Robinson straight up, or just like, is there a world where, say, you could take Chubb, even though he's not going to play the rest of the season? Is there somebody out there that would sell you Brian Robinson for Chubb and maybe a slight piece off of that if they're not contending? Is that something that you would even see happen? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think so because I was seeing some talk on on the Twitter box about you know selling Chubb for a third round pick, like uh, just like getting rid of him, like his his career is donezo. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that's happening with with him specifically. I'm trying to think if, if there's another another way I was get, that that you could kind of move over to Brian Robinson, but I'm not like I don't think I'm part of the excited crowd like I already kind of yeah. you know, hinted to. Somebody sent me Puka Nakua, sent me an offer of Brian Robinson for my Puka Nakua last week, and I ended up declining. This week, it's kind of like a wash in terms of points, but I'm glad I didn't do it. So I don't know if that tells you where I'm at on it, but like, I think a lot of people would maybe do something like that, trade a Puka Nakua for like a Brian Robinson or, or maybe Brian Robinson plus a little something. I'm not sure how that would have to go now, but yeah, I'm just I, I guess I'm just concerned because like they are using him in the passing game a little bit. Like he had two rece- two targets and three targets in, you know, each of the games respectively, but it's not that much. And if he doesn't score a touchdown at all, he's going to be at like 10 total points, you know, yeah. from like 20 carries. So it's like the upside isn't really there. So off a 28-point game, 
it's like I would just I would rather try to move him for for future capital. I would I would try to move him for Puka Nakua. You know what I mean? Something like that on a on a running back needy team, like somebody tried to do to me. Um, it'd be harder to do today probably. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm just not in the uh, the believer camp, really. That's fair. All right. What about? Okay. So I saw I was looking for the actual numbers, but I was interested. I heard this somewhere. So Jackson Smith and Jigba obviously hasn't played that much. He's had, yeah. uh, I think it was around like a 55% snap uh, snap share compared to like 80% for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, right? But he has the same amount of targets through two games as DK and like three less than Tyler Lockett. So I, I don't know if there's any concern about JSN out there, if the, the managers who roster him currently are going to be kind of worried hey he's not getting involved as early as i want he's not having these boom games like some of these other rookies i'd i'd look to go and buy jsn he is he is earning targets and earning work on limited usage and that's huge so you know we already saw tyler lockett get a little bit banged up he played the game he looked great but you know dk metcalf had a nasty hit to his ribs came back in okay it's a long season a lot of big hits I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to have a lot more playing time as the season goes on, uh, regardless of injury or not. But you know, the injury is always a <laughs> a high concern with with these Seattle wide receivers. So I, I like Jackson Smith and Jigba, despite some of the lack of production that we're seeing in the first couple of weeks here. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, if there's anybody that impatient right now, maybe you know, see if they're put out some feelers to try to get them. But I think that you know, probably in a, at least in the dynasty community. I don't think there's a lot of people right now willing to move off of JSN just quite yet. I got a good one for you. I bet a good amount of JSN managers would move off of him for George Pickens right now. Oh, you're right. And I would trade George Pickens in a heartbeat for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I would too. I would too. And yeah, I bet you could get that done uh, with very little effort. Yeah, great point. Very good point. All right. I have some homework. I'm going to try to do that with my... uh, any, Any DU2 listeners who have jackson smith and jigba whoever you are if you're listening coming at you all right with george pickens hit my line okay last one i got here this one is pretty important i think to to everybody but definitely both of us who have been talking a lot about quentin johnston we made some trades i made some trades i moved deandre uh deandre i moved uh devonta devonta adams sorry devonta adams for quentin johnston in the second round pick and yeah, I'm, I'm totally a little concerned here. I mean, like, how can you not be? I'm looking right now at just the team. Uh, I'm looking at the team snaps for the, uh, sorry, I'm looking at the receiving work for the team and I'm looking at the snaps, the target share, looking at the routes, the run, you know, targets per hour run, yards per hour run, yada, 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 just for the, the chargers, right? And he is last in yards per hour run among everybody except for josh palmer which is actually the only thing that you can get excited about like all right bro you have josh palmer on the field way too much and he's not doing anything let quentin johnson get out there that said yards per out run 1.0 for quentin johnson that's not good and that's that's second to last on the team he's in terms of targets per out run 31.3 percent which is also uh, second to last on the team so he's edging out josh palmer but they're still playing josh palmer more i i, I can't really understand why that is but overall here, just looking at yards per hour run for all wide receivers, Quentin Johnson at 0. 0.64. 
Yeah. For the for the rookies, just per PFF. That's that's not good. That's not going to cut it. And he hasn't gotten enough work, but more routes than Marvin Mims, twenty five to Marvin Mims sixteen, and he's not even putting up a you know a one point oh yards per out run per PFF. So I don't know what to do with this. The you know he's he's running like around twenty five to thirty percent of the snaps. It's just not enough, and and I don't know when it's going to change or what's going to change it. Obviously, you know we're looking for like a Mike Williams injury or something like that. But again, his own teammate Josh Palmer isn't even cutting it, and they're not putting him in over over Palmer. So I don't I don't understand what's happening here. This may be a coaching thing. I mean, look, they're they're zero and two. The coaching has been lackluster for for two years straight. So I don't know if it's just that, but it, it's not working. Whatever they're doing, I don't have anything to add to that. I'm just sad. You're just disappointed. <laughs> I, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But I have faith. I think he's. I think he's a very talented wide receiver, and I stand by that. So we'll see. Okay. All right. So cool. Let's talk a couple trades here. We have four trades to get through. I think the first one here is yours, Uri. What you got? Yes. So in, I, I think it's D1. You know, I lost uh, Dobbins, Chubb, Montgomery's hurt. Surprisingly, I still have like three decent running backs I could roll out there. But someone sent me the offer, which is what you should do. Send me the offer for uh, Derrick Henry in a third for my IUK. I'm going to decline it. Uh, I don't think I need I can't do it. I, I, Henry's – I can't have him screw me over in, in another league by missing, you know, week 16. I can't do it. Just going to roll with what I have. Yeah, yeah. IUK yeah, managers can't be hasty here and overreact after – and be, you know, such – so short-sighted. That's what it is. You just can't be so short-sighted because we just saw Brandon A. put together a 28-point outing a week ago. He comes out here. He gets slammed on his shoulder. He has a bad fantasy outing. And what, we're going to sell him now? No. Like, let's, yeah. let's not do that. So I, I understand what, you know, they're trying to do here. But uh, more often than not, these kind of deals, I especially with, you know, quality players, I'm not going to sell while, while they're injured. There's a reason that somebody's coming at you with the offer they're coming at you with. Yeah. It's because it's an opportune time. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good offer for them. So, <laughs> Yes, it is. Okay, so we were talking about Puka Nukua a lot. I've had a manager come after my Puka share hard, like as hard as I've ever seen somebody come after a player. Just like I, I even said, I'm like, I'm not going to sell him for anything less than a, a 24 first. You know, it doesn't make sense. You and I are top two teams. Why? Like, I don't want to sell them to you anyway. It's like, whatever. Just keeps firing offers at me. I'm like, all right. But so they sent Jonathan Mingo and a 2025 first for Puka Nukua. What do you think? <laughs> you just got to roll with Puka, man. Uh, like, you just have right? to. Like, you just have to, like, part of this has got to be fun, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think 25 first and Mingo, I think that's a pretty good offer. There's, no way you wouldn't have accepted this three weeks ago. You would have been like, oh, yeah, let me get off of Puka. This is sweet. But just go go along with the ride, man. Keep on with Puka until you absolutely get an offer you just can't refuse. And this is an offer you, you can. Just roll with it, bud. And I, that's exactly like you're like the little devil on my shoulder being like, no, dude, just, just ride with him, man. It's all Just good. ride with it. Like, go that's for exactly- it. That's <laughs> exactly. It's what we're here for. That's just, exactly. Just do it. Yeah, and it- – and honestly, this team is stacked, like super loaded. I have I have two other receivers who I'm trying to get rid of in, in Marquise Brown and, and Mike Williams, who I can barely start at this point. So 
I have a lot of capital I can I can kind of play around with. I don't have to do this. And I think like Uriah said, like until somebody sends you something where you're like, I literally like that's amazing. I'm going to accept that. Like, why do it again? It, it's a historic start. It's unlikely he's that he is this outlier and he's going to just be an amazing player going forward. But man, it's historic. Nobody's ever done it. Like part of this, like Uriah said, is fun. It is playing those crazy odds, the, those upside odds, right? Like if you're playing scared all the time, and you're always risk averse, like I like to be sometimes, you're you're not gonna win. Like you gotta take some shots. And and you know, when you take those shots, when you make those big moves, that's when you edge out your your competition. So I, I think the other manager is trying to do that. The other manager is like, I see this, I'm gonna send a first and stuff, and I'm gonna go get Puka and I'm gonna yeah. get one of the better players I've seen in a while. So I think they have kind of a similar mindset. I'm not trying to be a dick. I feel bad because like I'm letting them sit there and thinking about it and then I'm rejecting them. But you know, you, you just gotta do what you gotta do. So uh, yeah, I think I'm going to reject that one until I get a 24 first at the very least. I think then I can justify moving on from a player I really like to, you know, get a really good player immediately next year. Um, but other than that, I really don't know if I can do it. Um, and even then, I think I want like somebody to come at me with a haul where I just cannot not accept it. You know, the return on investment is pretty good. Just throwing it out there. But Oh, I got him off waivers in this league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get a first round pick for a guy you got off waivers for sure. But if also the return on the investment is this awesome player. But then again, that's definitely falling into a trap. I don't want people to think that he's going to be amazing forever. Like it's possible. But I, I the thing I keep coming back to is like Matthew Stafford will not be there forever. And Matthew Stafford being a great quarterback is a, is part of the reason why this kid's so good right now. He has a guy who knows what he's doing, right? And I don't know how long that will, that will last. Uh, it'll definitely last this year, maybe next. But yeah, after that. It's going to depend all on Puka to be really, really good, and I don't know if if it's all Puka. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's a, that. That first and Mingo is a good offer. Um, if I could get a different receiver out of this class, maybe like a Jaden Reed or something like that on this, I might think about it a little bit more. I don't love Mingo, but I do think that this is a fair enough offer. So yeah, I, I think the Mingo thing is so. It's what's making me want you to ride. So I agree. It's ruining it. Okay, we had a question in the Discord. Uh, our boy Dre, one QB league, Calvin Ridley for Zay Flowers and a 2024 third. This is a really interesting one. Which which side of this would you take? Ridley. He's good. He's very good. Uh, he's balling out. Week one was a lot better than week two, but uh, Zay Flowers almost had two touchdowns last week, by the way. He was literally inches from two touchdown grabs. So I, I don't mind rostering them both, but for Dynasty and stuff moving forward, like I'm just going to keep Ridley. I, I don't mind that answer at all. I'd like this to be a second, and I would take the Zay Flowers side sure. for sure. Especially in 1QB, those picks just fall off pretty hard. So I think I'd need it to be a second. But yeah, I'm, I'm with your eye on this one. Ridley, even in the bad outing, he had, I think, eight targets. The guy is just going to be a, a target hog all year long, and more times than not, he's going to come through for you. Uh, and, and I think he's got his legs for a couple years, you know, being out, whatever it was like 200 basically days or two seasons. Two seasons. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. I mean that, you know, adds some life to his legs. He doesn't have as much tread on the tire. So I, I like him for another, you know, couple of years. I like Ridley. All right. Last one here. Another discord trade offer. This was Dan, our boy, Dan oh. shout out Drake London for Kyron Williams plus Ty J Spears. There was a lot of talk about the running back side being kind of the the value side here. Um, 
I do think Dan was like, yeah, this would be a good buy low for Drake London. There is kind of some wishy-washiness in general, I feel like, from everybody in the Discord. I think you got to just go and take London and, and not look back. I know that's tough to do with with how disappointing this Atlanta offense is. But we saw him come through, you know, six-target game or seven-target game, I think six catches, touchdown. You know, he's a really good player. And I like Hiram Williams enough, but I don't like both of those players enough to, to bypass Drake London. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to get on Drake London just yet. I believe I watched a decent amount of uh, that game. And quarterback's looking a little bit better. Uh, Ritter and you just you just gotta Drake London is you know absolute stud. Let's not get this wrong. Like was in college, uh, he's earning targets at a high rate. Has been since he got in the league. This is the second year. I think you just gotta wait. Like I'm not ready to jump ship from a guy like that for two guys like Kyron Williams and Tajay. Kyron Williams. We don't even know if he'll be playing for the Rams this year. Tajay Spears. We don't know exactly what's gonna happen with him. I like those guys to be on my roster for sure, but I'm not going to give up a Drake London form. Can't do that. I, we didn't talk about Kyron Williams actually in the Cam Makers saga there, which is wild. He was a he was a healthy scratch, and then Kyron Williams goes absolutely nuts. Yeah, very very impressive. Uh, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Kyron Williams. Obviously, they don't have a ton invested in him, but he looked really good. I, I, I like Kyron Williams enough, but not again. I'm not giving up blue chip top ten. NFL draft pick for guy like your I said who potentially could just not be playing as a starter next year and another guy who potentially is not going to be a starter next year and probably more likely than not so yeah give me the the top 10 draft pick who is an absolute stud on a team that doesn't know how to use studs sorry that sucks like but you you know you gotta ride with it Drake London will end up with the second contract uh in the NFL Kyron Williams Ty J Spears to be lucky to so that's just something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I got for the trade side of things. Week two is an absolute disaster again. So just sad. The injuries, just ridiculous. Yeah. Like the, the the Nick Chubb one was, dude, like I could hear, I don't know if every, I'm sure everybody, you could hear him screaming on the field from pain. That was, that was disappointing. That was a tough yeah. one. But, you know, and he's like the last of like the really good pure running backs. So it just kind of, Almost feels like an end of an era, but not quite. Maybe that's a little dramatic, but man, it sucks. Man, what a brutal, what a, what a brutal ending to week two that was. But yeah, let's let's hope for uh, better weeks ahead, less injuries, and uh, and good football. That's it. Still, anything else you want to talk about? Oh man, no. I think we uh, we filled it up today. We definitely yes. filled it up today. We'll we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Some more Discord stuff. I, I had some stuff I was going to talk about here a little bit, but when the thin, when the sheet thins out a little bit from uh, injury news and all that, we'll <laughs> we'll jump on some some other nonsense that we uh, we toss around. Let us know if you guys want to want to hear anything. Hop in the Discord, talk to us. Yada yada yada. Oh right, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Give us a follow on Twitter or X.com, whichever you prefer. I'll probably always call it Twitter at Dynasty Underdog at Uriah Dawkins at Billy Beeman DFF. Join our Discord. It's free. It's awesome. It's lit. And we have YouTube if you want to watch us there. And listen to us on Spotify if you can. It helps us out quite a bit. So uh, other than that, you guys have a good night, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>